Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Hi and welcome to the brand new episode of the BIH Show, the new podcast from British Ice Hockey. I'm Craig Anderson, the Senior Reporter for British Ice Hockey and we're back with some fun stuff to help you pass the time in these strange and unusual times. We've got another star-studded lineup in this edition and one I'm sure you'll enjoy again. A lot of you enjoyed Paul Swindlehurst revealing some locker room secrets in episode one, so this time we've roped in Sheffield Steelers' Ben O'Connor to do the same as he talks about his teammates. Our good friends at Crosscheck Clothing are giving something away in our first ever competition on the BIH show, so listen out for that a little later. We also talk at length to the now retired captain of Peterborough Phantoms, James Ferrara, and he's gone through the agonising process of picking his dream first line of players he's played with and against, and it's a treat for Phantoms fans. But we're starting with our big interview, and this week we caught up with Nottingham Panthers Director of Hockey, Guillaume Doucette. Listening to the BIH Show. B-I-H. The big interview. B-I-H. When the Elite League announced the season would end there and then on Friday the 13th of March, one club were already travelling to fulfil their fixture taking place that night with Nottingham Panthers were making their way to Belfast Giants. Now, the game didn't go ahead, of course, and fans ended up staying there anyway and making the best of what was an unfortunate situation. Of course, we're weeks on now and clubs are dealing with the lockdown in the best way they can for the good of their organisations and with one eye on the future and when they can function properly again. My first guest this week can bring some insight on that front from his point of view and I'm pleased to welcome the Director of Hockey at Nottingham Panthers, Guillaume Doucette, to the show. Guy, firstly, welcome to the BIH show. We'll get to the aborted trip to Belfast in a minute or two, but how has the last few weeks been for you personally and professionally? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, it's been uh, it's been as weird as for everybody else, I would expect. Um, I mean, first few weeks were kind of everybody was just waiting to see what what would happen and how things would unfold. Um, 
And the last few weeks, I'd say the last three, four weeks, I've actually started to work again and, and try to plan for next season and, you know, um, see what the future holds, even if it's still early and there's still a lot of things we can't predict. Um, it was good to spend some time at, at home in the beginning, but I think now, like everybody else, I'm excited to be able to go outside and uh, enjoy life. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a weird time um, trying to work here and there, do what we can at this point. Now, you and I have spoken a few times through the course of the year about your transition um, into the job you're doing now from, from being a player, of course. Now, I'm sure <laughs> this time last year, a global pandemic was maybe not the way your first season would have ended, I'm sure. No, I never expected that, that's for sure. <laughs> now, of course, that trip to Belfast, as I mentioned in the intro, the 13th of March. Tell us about that day in particular, the timeline of, of when the team found out and if you had any kind of knowledge beforehand that it was likely to be called off. Um, yeah, it was... It was a very stressful time because I, I know it was early enough, early enough in the in the whole crisis that guys were players were concerned about it, but not to a point where we were scared about you know their safety. But I, I told the players that we would not send them to Belfast if we if we were not going to play the games. You know, I I didn't want. I wanted to avoid at all costs guys going and fans going all the way to Belfast for us, not us to, to play. But um, when it was time to, to board the bus and get on the ferry, um, I was told the weekend was going to go ahead. And, you know, with the information we had at that time, we, we thought that, you know, the league would keep playing at least for for the regular season. And, and, you know, maybe the playoffs would be canceled, but we never thought that the whole season would just come to a halt uh, all of a sudden like that. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, the guys had to go all the way there. Um, they were on their way to morning skate on, on that Friday. Uh, that's when the, 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 the call was made that, you know, it was too risky for everybody's safety and it was better if, if we just uh, shut down the league for, for now and then, you know, um, send everybody home so it was it was a bit chaotic I won't lie it was a bit uh, frustrating because I, I really wanted to avoid sending everybody to Belfast if we didn't have to but um, you know we did what we had to do and then at the end everybody got home safely so I guess it was not that bad. And of course I think you were over there for the, the weekend you were due to play them Friday and Saturday I assume you would have just made arrangements to come home straight away then at that point? Yeah we did um, I, th I think so. We left on the on the Thursday, and I think on on the Friday morning when we knew it, things were not looking good. We Gary, that the GM, um, already started looking at at other ferries and and ways to uh, to bring the guys back as quickly as possible. That's that's the best we could do, you know, with with our fly B flights being canceled, and then you know it was it was not it was a disaster of a trip. I think because we. We were trying to. We were supposed to fly there, and then we had to take the ferry there, and then we had to come right back. But um, yeah, we we got a ferry back that that Friday afternoon. So um, basically, they had a 24-hour trip to Belfast for for nothing. But you know, not not the end, not the worst that could have happened in, in the grand scheme of things. Now we've known, obviously, in the last few weeks that the club's owner and chairman Neil Black, of course, has had the virus. Um, I believe he's he's well recovered now. I take it he's back working in full capacity now. Yeah, yeah, he's back to work. It's good to have him uh, back. I talked to him uh, 
quite often and, and try to prepare as best as we can for next season. Um, it was a scary time for everybody in the club, but now he's, he's back on his feet and we're really happy about that. Now let's talk about your, your first year and get some reflections on, on the job, as it's been mentioned about the, the transition from being a player to, to now being a position in management as you are now. Um, how have you found the last year? What's the, the biggest things you'll take from, from that first season doing the job you're doing now? Um, I think as I obviously as as the season went along, I feel like I was a bit more comfortable um, in the position. Um, you know, you make some mistakes, you learn from them, um, you do things right, and and then you see the results. So you you kind of um, it really helped me to I think get a sense of how I wanted to work, how I want the things to get organized and and stuff like that. Um, I think. Maybe I, I got better at watching games because that was the hardest thing was just sit in the stands and watch. That was really tough. You know, um, before this season, I've, I've watched hockey on, on TV and online like everybody else, but I never had a chance to go watch hockey live. I was either playing or yeah, I was playing. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was kind of new to me to sit down and, and watch a, a game, especially something that I cared so much about, which, is, which was the Panthers. Um, it was really nerve nerve wracking, and it was really hard on me. I, I think I got better at that. Um, it's tough to uh, grasp that you don't have any control at that point. My job is done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so there's nothing I can do that can affect the the outcome of the game, and that was that was hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I think day to day basis and dealing with um, all the different stakeholders that I have to deal to deal with in my uh, my day to day uh, work. Is, is getting better. I'm, I'm, my network of contact is also growing every day, so that helps. Um, it's, it's a challenging job. It was, a, I think, a busy first year, even if it ended up, uh, you know, a bit early. Uh, but I think it, I learned a lot, and I'll be better next season. And, of course, Tim Wallace um, was the guy you brought in to take over as coach. Bit of a slow start, I think you'll agree. A couple of changes to the team. Next thing you know, the, the goals are flying in. The form's getting a lot better as well. How do you recap that first season on the ice with, with Tim at the helm? Um, yeah, I think, I think our start was unfortunate. Um, I, I, we, we, did, we were not playing uh, good enough. We were, some guys were not you know, um, doing as well as we would have hoped. But... I the whole time I, I thought like we were not far. Um, I know it could when you you look at it from the outside, it could seem that we were completely out of of the race and we were really not a good enough team. But I felt, especially the the players felt like there was only a few things that we needed to adjust and and improve on for us to be competitive. And I think once we turned that corner and not sure anymore, probably mid October. Uh, late October when we turned that corner and started playing well and we made a few additions I, I really think that you could see the potential that we had as a group um, we had some really really imp- impressive performances um, and, and, and I think we really built on that um, obviously there was some disappointment in Denmark for us it was a bit disappointing that we uh, we fell short in that uh, Continental Cup Super Final I felt like we deserved, not deserved, but we should have won that game. It was a, a one-goal shootout loss that cost us the gold medal, which was disappointing. But um, overall, I think for, for a brand-new group, um, brand-new coach, brand-new director of hockey, I think there's a lot of positives. 
Um, and, and we're excited to build on that, that's for sure. Now, you've talked about planning for next year, and we've seen a few teams have already announced a few names for, for players coming back. We don't know when the season is going to be. That's obviously the main thing. I know the league is working towards October. So what can you tell us about Panthers' plans so far? I noticed, for example, the club haven't released any information on season tickets, for one thing. What can you tell us and the Panthers fans about what's happening over the, the next few weeks for the club? Um, I, I think as a, as, as a club, I mean, I'm not, I'm not responsible of anything that has to do with... Uh, off the ice, but I think as a club, we, we want to make sure that we give the, the right information and we don't, um, we don't jump the gun a little bit when it comes to announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, from my perspective, from, from what I'm responsible for, uh, my plans have not really changed. I, I really liked uh, the group we had last year and I'm trying to, to build on that core, um, you know, add a few pieces here and there and, and get, get the same group back. But obviously, this new reality, this new um, normal that comes with the coronavirus is going to affect my plans, and I'm, I'm well aware of that. Um, I might not be able to do what I was hoping to do because of financial, because of health reason. You know, that there's a, a ton of different uh, aspects of life that are going to be affected by this virus, but um, I, I feel like I will, will manage to get um, pretty close to what we were hoping to, to get um, when we were looking at, at our plan, let's say, in, in December and January before this whole thing. Um, I mean, everybody in the league is going to be affected. If Everybody in hockey is going to be affected. So I think we're no different. Um, but we're going to definitely do the best we can to, to stick to that plan and, and hopefully um, make the fans proud of, of the group we put on the ice. This is the BIH Show. And that was Guillaume Doucette, Nottingham Panthers Director of Hockey, joining us on the BIH Show. Let's catch up on what's been happening around the rinks with our British Ice Hockey News Roundup. From BritishIceHockey.co.uk This is BIH News. Let's bring ourselves up to date with what's been going on in the world of British ice hockey. And we start in the Elite League and just before we went to edit, Guildford Flames announced the return of forward Ian Waters, who is back for a fourth campaign with Paul Dixon's side. He's the first to be announced by the Surrey team and Waters, 28, will be fulfilling the second year of a two-year deal. He scored 32 times last season, reaching 50 points, so bringing him back was an easy decision to make for the Flames. Paul Dixon said, when we first signed Ian, we never anticipated he would become the scoring forward he has, but obviously 30 goals a year is a welcome part to anybody's game, he said. He is a high-quality character off the ice, well-liked by his teammates, and everyone knows that when he steps out there, he's going to do everything he can to help make the team better. He was put onto a two-year contract for that very reason, and we're pleased to bring him back for another year. Just after we put out episode 1 last week, Coventry Blazer announced the returns of Evan Bloodoff and David Brawl, adding to their roster as they prepare for 2020-21. Elsewhere in the Elite League, Dundee Stars revealed the return of Anthony Beauregard for his second season as he looks to build on his 55-point tally from 56 games consisting of 23 goals and 32 assists. Manchester Storm, however, have waved goodbye to Henrik Samuelsson, who has left the club after a season to join VHL side Saryarka Karaganda, a team based in Kazakhstan. And in the National League, Bracknell Bees brought back Harvey Stead, their 24-year-old defenceman, and signed up for what will be his fifth straight season since rejoining from Swindon Wildcats in 2016, and on the back of a high-scoring season for him personally, 26 points. The Bees added to that with the signing of Ryan Webb, another returnee, and he's committed to a second season with the Bees after he joined them from Streatham last year, of course. 
Elsewhere in the National League, Cody McEwen has re-signed with Peterborough Phantoms and Lee Bonner is also returning to Hull Pirates, while MK Lightning welcome back D-man Sam Russell, who is a GB under-20s alternate captain. In the NIHL 1, South head coach Mark Saunders has re-signed with the Bracknell Hornets. Raiders IHC 2 have made two signings in the form of Courtney Grant from Chelmsford Chieftains and Jack Goodchild from Swindon Wildcats 2. Mark Pitts, a forward, he re-signed with Solent Devils. Dan Rose, another forward, he's back with Slough Jets. And Terry Fillery, he's returning to Chelmsford Chieftains. Final signing story of the week is Rehard Griggers back at Murrayfield Racers in the SNL. And that's your roundup of the news around British ice hockey. This is the BIH Show. Teammates. B-I-H. Time for one of our players to dig the dirt and let us find out more about their teammates. And I'm delighted to say joining us for this stint is Sheffield Steelers GB defenseman Ben O'Connor. Ben, thank you for joining us. Before we get down to business, what have you been up to in the last six weeks since the, the season ended the way it did? Uh, not too much, Craig, to be honest. Uh, being just working a lot, keeping the little one entertained and uh, on lockdown, really. Um, you know, with hockey being over and uh, ending the way it did, uh, it was pretty pretty disappointing so back to reality of just uh, working every day and keeping the little one entertained but of course your last game was the Challenge Cup final ended in positive terms for you in the end it turned out a good end of season in a way yeah I mean if you can win your last game of the year you've normally done pretty well so it's just a shame it wasn't the uh, the playoff finals or you know away with GB but um, you know you can only play the games that get put in front of you so to win our last game is, is not a not a bad thing I guess to go out on that on that Good stuff. Right, time to find out more about your teammates, and we'll start with the very first question. Who is the best hockey player? Um, so when you sent me these questions, Craig, you said either last year's team or any team. Yeah. Um, or any any Steelers team. So I'm going to go with any Steelers team. And on, I think the best player, it would be difficult to point out one, but the, the connection between um, Fournier and, and Matthew Waugh was something special. Uh, they just ripped, that, ripped the league apart and uh, helped us win uh, the league that first year. So um, that was, I'd say, them two were, were something special that year. Two hugely popular players as well, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, huge characters. Um, you know, Roisy is nicknamed the King, and uh, rightly so. And, uh, you know, uh, Forney went about his business a little bit quieter, but again, very popular with the fans and in the dressing room with, with the boys. So who's the Joker? Uh, the joke has got to be Davy Phillips. You know, there's never a dull moment when Davy's around, and he says it how it is. And <laughs> the first day of you know training camp, when new imports come in, and they just you know watching their faces when Dave comes out with some things that are just priceless. And you know, when when things are going tough or you've you've had a bad game or a bad weekend, you come back to work on Tuesday. You know, it's important to have uh, characters like Dave to bring the guys back together again. And, uh, you know, put smiles on guys' faces and get back to work. So he's uh, not only a joker, but he's a good friend of mine and uh, he always keeps smiles on our faces, that's for sure, with GB and Sheffield. I think we're all still mentally scarred from that picture of him in the shower with the Challenge Cup covering his modesty that uh, Dave Sims had posted <laughs> out, if you'll recall. <laughs> Ooh, so <laughs> it's still there. That's, that's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the that's a winning, winning body right there. <laughs> so who's the best dancer then? The best dancer, um, I tell you what, Ratchuk, uh, Mike Ratchuk, again, a popular character. He could throw some some moves around. Um, I think DeLuca and Valley think themselves as dancers, 
But, um, you know, I think when the boys have had a couple of drinks and the lights go down, I think everyone thinks they can dance. But I'd say Ratchuk, he had some moves on him. <laughs> so who's got the worst taste in music? The worst taste? Uh, well, I, what jumps to, to my mind straight away is Fitzy. Uh, <laughs> he, used to run the mus- he used to run the music in Sheffield and we used to give him a hard time, myself in particular. Um, you know, everyone knows Fitzy. He's an unbelievable guy and, you know, just couldn't do enough for any, anyone. Like, he's just the nicest guy, teammate. And, uh, but his choice of music was kind of hard, hard rock. And sometimes first thing in the morning or, you know, sometimes you could just do with a bit of a chill out or mellow kind of tunes. But he was, uh, his tunes were, would, would give him a ribbon to say the least, but he took it all in good stride. And he, you know, he, he was a good DJ and all. So who's going to be a coach? Which, which teammate do you think has it in them to, to become a coach in the future? Um, I think, well, I mean, Daryl Hay, when he was here, he's obviously gone on to be a coach. Um, you know, the likes of Tim Wallace, obviously gone on to be a coach. So um, <laughs> I'll just go with the easy cop out of Tim Wallace because that's happened. Um, but, you know, when Tim was in Sheffield, he enjoyed that part of the game and he enjoyed his hockey knowledge and what he brought to the team um, as a, a veteran player and enjoying that side of it, um, you know. It was good to have on your team because at the end of the day, it was like having a, a secondary coach who could help out on the ice uh, and in the room when the coach isn't around. Is there anyone in the room from the season just past that you think might go on and, and end up behind the bench one day? Uh, I can see uh, Duba being a coach, maybe a goalie coach or something like that. The way he uh, works with the, the young goalies who come out with us, you know, he's got a lot of patience and you know he enjoys helping the kids. So. I think that's something that he'd be uh, very good at. Excellent. So who's the fastest? The fastest? Oh, well, uh, this year we had uh, a little skills competition and practice where some fans were there watching. and uh, I think Ebbs and Jono were right up there, um, along with Brock. So, I mean, uh, Jono for his age, I think we'll give it to Jono just because he's got about 10 years on everyone else. So we'll give it to Jono. Well, we've, all, we've all seen his speed firsthand with the way he set up Ben Davis for GB last year. Yeah, exactly, and he's he's forty plus years old, so he's doing well. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> Who's got the worst dress sense? The worst dress sense, I probably have to say, uh, Tanner Eboy. He's got these uh, like nude color dress shoes that he wears, and he swears by them. They look like they're something from the seventies, but he he loves them, and I just it just makes me chuckle every time I see them. Um, that's got to be up there. But also uh, Brandon Whistle, he's his dress sense was. Uh, very laxed, to say the least. <laughs> he did not like putting on a pair of jeans. I believe he cleaned it up a little bit this year when he was uh, in Telford. But when he was with us in, in Sheffield, he was uh, he looked like a bum most of the time. This next question, I've, I've got an idea of who this could be. Let, let's see if, you're, if you share the same one. Biggest Mona. Biggest Mona. <laughs> okay, so who do you think? Who do you think I'm going to say? Going by experience and knowing the kind of player he is, Brendan Connolly. No, do you know what? On the ice, yeah, you know, he likes to moan and whatnot. <laughs> but off the ice, he's, you know, he's the quietest guy. He doesn't say, you know, doesn't say much at all. I'd say the biggest moaner would have to be Mike Davis. Right. He's he's definitely not, I wouldn't say moaner, but he's not afraid to, to voice his opinion. And <laughs> if, if things aren't up to his standard or his uh, the way he likes it, then he'll be letting, letting his voice be heard. Um, but no, I'd say definitely Mike Davis, and he'd probably agree with me on that. <laughs> so, who's most likely to get in a fight? Uh, again, probably Mike Davis for moaning, <laughs> probably <laughs> opening up his mouth and, and saying something he shouldn't. Um, 
But yeah, do you know what? There's a lot of us that could uh, get into a fight for the same something we shouldn't. But again, <laughs> after that question, I'd say Mike Davis. Most intelligent. Uh, there's a couple guys that, that spring to mind. Um, but the guy I was mostly impressed with was uh, was, Colt, uh, was Eddie. Uh, Colton Fretta and, and Eddie went to school together and they did an MBA program together. And uh, and he said, uh, Fret said that Eddie, the way he studied, he was like Rain Man. He just, he read it once and it'd be in there forever. And he'd just remember a page like that. Uh, same with movie quotes. He could reel off movie quotes for, for days. And uh, he was just really intelligent. He knew he knew uh, a lot of things, a lot of stuff about a lot of things. And he um, he's doing well for himself now back in North America. He's um, the pharmaceutical uh, rep now, and he's doing really well. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely say he's up there. Right, so that's one end of the spectrum. Other end of the spectrum, least intelligent. Least intelligent. So are we talking book smarts or street smarts? or? I'll leave it up to you, Ben. This, this, is, your, this is your thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going for book smarts, then I think myself, Jono, Dowdy, and uh, and David, we didn't I, we didn't go to university, so I think I guess you'd say us. Um, <laughs> but on the flip side of things, the street smarts, then I probably have to go uh, call uh, Eddie again. Uh, <laughs> um, he wasn't <laughs> that that bright on the old street smarts but book smarts unbelievable um <laughs> but definitely for book smarts definitely myself and, and john o, uh dowdy and david that's for sure and finally who's the longest in the shower um probably myself and david we're just standing there just chatting um <laughs> uh, we've got good showers in sheffield and if you speak to any player around the league it's that's important so uh, yeah we, we've got good showers in our changing room so we're in there for a while me and david normally chatting away Good stuff. Well, that's the that's the painful bit over, Ben. Thank you so much for, for taking part in teammates. Any complaints should be made to Ben O'Connor and not us here at British Ice Hockey. Um, ben, obviously, we're, we're, we're still in lockdown right now. It was, you know, a bit silly to ask about your summer plans and things like that. When are you hoping to, to, to get going again? Have you been doing a bit of fitness at home while you can? Yeah, um, I've, I've been running a lot and uh, I bought a road bike, so I'm just out every morning biking. Um and just trying to get out and stay active as much as I can, really. My my wife works in the NHS, so um, it's just me and my daughter most days. Uh, Daddy daycare, um, alongside the work I'm doing right now with Game Plan Financial. So it's uh, it's I'm kept pretty busy right now, to be fair. Um, and just hopefully, you know, it gets resolved and, and we can get back and people can start living our lives as normal again. But as of right now, we've just got to take the advice of what the government is saying and and uh, try and all do our bit um, to to stay at home. Stuff. Well, on behalf of all of us, I'm sure, big thanks to your wife and everyone in the NHS for doing such a, a great job during these times. Ben, thank you again for joining us on the BIH Show, and all the very best. Thank you very much, Craig. This is the BIH Show. B-I-H. My dream first line. B-I-H. Well, this is the part of the show where we pick a former or current player to pick his dream first line of players that he's played with or against. Not an easy task, as I've been discovering when speaking to the guys I have spoke to, but I'm delighted to say on the line is the retired, now retired, uh, Peter Brafantum's captain, James Ferrara. James, thank you so much for joining us on the BIH show. As I said there, not a, not an easy task for you to do. Hi, thanks for having me on. Um, no, not easy at all. I've, uh, I've gone through quite a few sheets of paper writing names <laughs> down and, and thinking about different combinations, but... 
Um, I mean, I'm quite happy with the, the team and, and the, the, the players that came close to making that team that I've picked. Um, and firstly, I, I've kind of, thinking about players I've played with over a long period of time with Phantoms and obviously in the league, um, I, I found it very difficult to leave any of my teammates out. So I've gone with a team of all Phantom players um, with a lot of honourable mentions that of, of the guys I've played with. Good. Well, we'll get through those in just a second. And I want to ask you, obviously, now that you're retired at the end of the season, a bit of an anticlimax, obviously, with, now with uh, the coronavirus pandemic that's, that's affected us all. How is retirement treating you so far? Yeah, um, yeah, very strange, as you said. Um, it all kind of about, came about quite quickly within a week or two. And I, in my head, had five or six weeks of a lot of competitive games left in me. And, and, you know, the dream ending would have been to finish in Coventry, where... You know, there's no pressure on on what it means for me. It's more about the team and what we're trying to achieve. So, for it to be cut short like that was was a little strange. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me that oh, oh this is my last game. Um, so, I mean, that weekend was it was a little bit odd. Um, we went away on the Saturday, as did you know everybody else across the league. And then on the Sunday, the only two games in our league went ahead. Unfortunately, one of them was ours. It was the home fixture. Um, so, a lot of credit to Swindon for you know, making the trip down for that game and uh, they had a home game on a Saturday so they wanted to make sure we got a home game that weekend too. Um, so obviously I got a, I got a send-off as my last game at home with a victory against Swindon. So I was really, really, you know, delighted with that in, in, in one way. And another way, is that this this time's a little bit, makes it a little bit easier for me because I know nobody else is playing. Um, everybody's in the same position and, and, you know, everybody's health and family becomes way more important than competitive sport at this time. So in, in, in that sense, it's helped me finish the season and just you know kind of get on with with what is as close to normality as you could get i guess sure well let's get into your dream first line then and just to explain how we do this uh we've got a netminder two d-men and three forwards we're not bothered about wingers or centermen and things like that but we will give honorable mentions to the guys that that you you were conflicted over so let's get into your team we'll start with yeah. your netminder and you've picked uh yanis ozens the latvian 29 years old nowadays playing in the asia league with east hokkaido cranes played with you for three years at the phantoms between 2014 and 2017 why Yanis and your team, James? He's in my team because I think throughout my career with, with Peterborough, he's probably the best goaltender we've had. Um, you know, when Slava was appointed the coach, he had a kind of philosophy about how he wanted his team structured. Back in the EPL days, we had four and then went on to having five imports. And, you know, Yanis was, was ultimately our, our man, our franchise player for the few years that he was here. Um, he obviously helped us win the, the playoff trophy. Um, and I think what, what struck me the most about him is, is you know, what he's like as a character and a person. He's a, he's a real fan favourite, but he, he wanted to become better and he wanted to push everybody else to become better. And, you know, sometimes that caused some conflicts, but, um, you know, a, a tremendous goaltender and, you know, always working hard to, to do his best. And, you know, looking at the list of goaltenders that, that I've played with, um, he was the one that, that stood out probably the most. Um, do you want me to do some of the honourable mentions now? Or? No, no, we'll get to those. In, well, for, yeah, yeah, okay, go on. Who else did you have then for your, your other netminders that, that come yeah. into consideration? So I think the, the close second really um, was Jordan Marr, who obviously is the current goaltender that um, has been in the Phantoms team the last couple of years. And I am denied about whether to put Marzi in or Yanis first. And both have been very successful with us in recent times. And... Uh, Again, Jordan's one of those sort of goaltenders, really nice guy, works very, very hard, and um, I found it very difficult to pick the two. I could quite easily swap them both around and still be happy with my choice. Um, I had a couple of other honourable mentions in the King brothers, Ewan and Damien, who I kind of grew up playing with as well. 
um, and, and have had some years with the Phantoms and Stephen Wall being the other um, tremendous goaltender, very successful with Peterborough. Um, a lot of his success in Peterborough came when I was when I was in Nottingham. So for that reason, uh, I didn't feel I could put put him above Yanis or Jordan. But um, yeah, definitely honourable mentions that deserve to be very close to, to being that starting goaltender. Good stuff. OK, we'll move on to your D-men now. And the first one you've picked out of the two is Tom Norton. Very much a, a Peterborough legend. He's been there for a good few years now. 2014 he signed after playing with the, the Nottingham Panthers in the Elite League. So how come Tom's in there? Tom's in there because, I mean, I've known Tom now since I was 19, 20 years old and in Nottingham myself, and that's where we first met. And he was coming through as a prospect and a young player with them. And then obviously I moved back into Peterborough and um, he ended up coming a few years later um, for a first stint, then went away again, then come back. And, and as you said, you know, he's there because he has affirmed his name really as a legend in Peterborough hockey because of, you know, the sort of player he is, the sort of guy he is. Um, I played a lot of a lot of my my games in Peterborough with him and very successful sides. Um, I've been on power play units with him for many years and um, there isn't many defencemen at the level that we're at that can score, that can set up plays, that can also be your best defensive player on any, any night, play big minutes, play power play, penalty kill, as I said, um, and be, be your number one defenceman. Um, and I think the last couple of years he's balanced that with coaching roles with the team as well and that's that's difficult to do and I think he, you know, it shows the sort of person and hardworking guy he is that he can, you know, be a be an all-star defenseman and coach, and you know, a really good team guy to have. Um, and you know, I've got to put in my team, and he's a good friend too. Good. And your other defenseman is uh, Scott Robson, again a guy who's been there for a good few years with the, the Phantoms, as well. Scott, tell us about him and, and the qualities he brings to the team that, that that makes you bring him into your team here. Again, you know, a really, really good guy, really hard-working guy. Um, he's someone that you want to go to battle with every night. Um, again, similar to Tom, really, he he, you know, can set up plays. He can be an offensive defence when he skates really well, but also you can rely on him to play big minutes to penalty kill. Um, I, I don't remember many other players blocking as many shots as he did this season, and, and he's you know had injuries as well with with knee and things at the start of the season. And it's 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 those sort of qualities that make players maybe stand out above above the others. Um, and you know he was there when we won the playoffs four or five years ago and he was there last season when we were very successful so looking back over all the years I, I couldn't you know quite I came close but um, wasn't able to put anyone above him for, for many of those reasons Now that's your, your D-men who can you give honourable mentions to who are the guys that, that just missed the cut here that <laughs> that may give you an, a, a little so, bit of trouble here <laughs> um, I, I, Again, it's very, very difficult, and I feel sorry for the players I'm not going to mention on this list because there is a lot, um, looking back at my time in Peterborough, I would love to choose. Um, I picked a few out. I've put Callum Bukulis, um as one of the honourable mentions because you know he's only been with us a couple of seasons, but he's grown and developed, and I think will will go on to be one of the league's top defensemen. Um, and he's been really successful with us in his time, time, time in Peterborough. Um, looking back a little bit older, I've gone with other close defensemen in James Hutchinson. Um, played a lot of years in, with James when I was much younger, and he had some very successful times in Peterborough in the treble um, ten years or so ago. Um, but again, another really, really top defenseman, um, offensive defenseman, but can also defend and a good guy that um, had some had some really good years in Peterborough. Um, another good friend, um, another Nottingham linking Greg Pick. I've put. Um, Perhaps not as offensive as some of the other players that I've picked out, but a really good defenceman, another guy that you know is going to go to battle every night. Um, had a good, lot of good years playing with him. And another one that I've put is Chris Allen, who 
was only in Peterborough for one season, but um, became a really good friend of mine in that time. He was the coach when he was here. Um, and I played a lot of minutes with, with Alzi, both forward and defence. Um, and he was on our power play line and, and a real top offensive defenceman. And for the sort of calibre of player he was coaching and, and being in Peterborough, and he's such a down-to-earth, honest guy that um, had a very good, successful season playing with him. So I felt he deserved to be um, very close um, to the to the list and one of my honourable mentions. Good stuff. Okay, that takes us on to the forward line that you've picked out. And I was just looking at each of these guys there just as you were talking. There seems to be a theme here in terms of the, the guys that you've picked, of guys that you've played with for a long time. Obviously, these are guys that you've you've developed a real relationship with on the ice, you know, being their captain and, and things like that as well. And I find that interesting. So we'll, we'll pick out your first uh, forward, and it's Will Weldon, um, who's been at the club since 2013. Um, a real top player, good good numbers as well from what I'm seeing as well. Tell us about Will and, and what he brings to a team. He can bring anything. That's that's why he's there. And you know, I've played on a line with him and knots and um, I've I, you know I've had a lot of good line mates over the years. And Will's one of those that who I've played a lot of seasons with. I've never had a, as a full time line mate, but um, to go into battle every night with Will, um, you know, he just brings everybody else along. He's a really good leader himself. Um, you know, he can play centre. He can play on a top line. He can play on a, on a defensive line. He can shut other teams' top lines out. He can go out there and score. You know a magical goal or a big goal for you. So there's another player that's an all-round sort of forward, um, top sentiment. And um, again, when you're looking at a dream team, you can look at it in different ways. You can you can take out the very most skillful, best players that you've played with. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot. You can pick out, you know, your, your closest friends. But Will picks a lot of those boxes, really. Who, um, If I was to pick a dream team to, to have in my team or to be on a line with, then um, looking back over my career, you know, Will stands out in that sense. Next one you have is a man who's been around for quite a long time. He turned 40 at New Year there. Um, he's from the Czech Republic, Alice Padalek as well. He's been at Peterborough since 2015. Um, a lot of experience in, in the Czech leagues as well. What, what was he like? Do you know what? One of the most skillful, one of the best shots that I've seen in a player that I've played with. Um, and as you said, you know he's played in a lot of Czech leagues and high European leagues and he, he brings a lot of experience. But similar to, to what I mentioned with Chris Allen, that he's such a down-to-earth, honest, hard-working guy. He, you know, loves being in Peterborough, loves being with the players that he's with, and we had a really good, you know, team atmosphere. And he he slotted into that every bit um, along the way. Um, the last couple of seasons, or throughout his time with us, really, I've played on his line quite often. But particularly the last two or three seasons, being a line mate of his um, has been, you know, one of the most enjoyable times that I've had. Um, and last year brought a lot of success, and this year, you know, might have brought more. And um, and looking at his numbers and what he's brought to to the club and the organisation, then. Um, you know, he certainly deserves to be on that dream team. OK, your last pick, and I dare say you've agonised over this one as much as you have the rest of them. Glenn Billing is your, your final forward player who comes into the team. Uh, used to play at Milton Keynes Lightning, of course. He's been at Peterborough now for a, for a couple of years. Glenn is a very popular player. Um, only 22 years of age, a young player as well. What qualities does Glenn have? So, yeah, as you said, you know, he's been with us for three seasons and I've played... The majority of his time with us, I've played on a line with him, um, but particularly the last two years, myself, Glenn and Alice Padler have formed a, a really good chemistry on, on a line with the Phantoms and it's been hugely successful. And as I said about Paddy, Glenn is so enjoyable to play with, but he's so hardworking. He's a two-way sentiment. He can defend, he can block shots. He'll do everything that he needs to do for the team and he's asked of him. Um, but as you said, he's a really good guy, a popular guy around the room, um, terrific scorer, but you know, he brings all sorts of elements um, of what's needed in an all-round hockey player to the team, uh, as well as being hard-working, as well as being a good team guy. So, 
again, I found the last two or three seasons very enjoyable playing with Glenny and, and, and Padalek and, you know, they deserve to be on that dream team and if I was to pick a line um, to, to, you know, to, to watch now that I've retired, the, the, the lineup that I've picked, um, I fully deserve Glenny does fully deserve to be in that, but I, I would enjoy watching myself. So let's get your honourable mentions in. Who are the guys that, that just missed the cut on this one? And again, it was a hard task we set yeah. you, so I dare say you've got a few names lined up for us. So, yeah, I've got quite a few for the forwards. Um, being a forward for most of my career, um, I had a, you know two or three seasons here and there playing defence, but uh, I found a lot of good chemistry with a lot of line mates over my time. And, and a majority of my picks you know, are former line mates or players I really enjoyed playing with. Um, who have been terrific servants to Peterborough Hockey um, and a few extras there from, from a little bit older as well. The first two to mention really, um, one linking back to the defence is obviously my brother Robert Ferrara and then obviously now with the forwards Luke Ferrara because um, obviously you know it's a dream to have played with my brothers for so long within Peterborough Hockey and Luke's obviously gone on to achieve and continue to achieve what he's doing now with GB and Coventry um, and you know I've had many successful years with Robert in Peterborough that um, it had been too easy for me to put them in my dream team um, and, and have me alongside them. So um, they're obviously honourable mentions. I thought I'd, I'd pick a squad without them on this occasion. Other honourable mentions on the list, um, I'll go through quite a few. There's a few imports on there as well as you know some top British players. Um, I'm going to start with Darius Plaskowskis, um and Milan Baranek for similar reasons, really. Played quite a lot of my time in Peterborough with them as line mates, probably more Darius than Milan. But both really, really good guys, really hard working, but top imports, top scorers, players to play with. And, you know, I'm not the greatest goal scorer, although I chip in with, with some every now and then. But um, as a sort of guy that, that looks for other players um, to move the puck to, to get into good positions for and, and to work hard with a line. Um, you know, I learned a lot from both of those players and enjoyed my time, you know, with them. Um, going back down the list, another another name to with a Nottingham link is Mark Levers, who... I thoroughly enjoyed learning from and developing and, and sitting next to in the change room in, in Nottingham um, when I was much a much younger player and then to have him in our team for two or three seasons to win the playoffs with him as well. Um, you know, he's a good friend and someone that I've enjoyed many, many successful years playing hockey alongside who would have thoroughly deserved to, to be in a, you know, in a, in a dream team in Peterborough. Um, a couple of British names next that I've got are Owen Griffiths, who I had the pleasure of playing a couple of seasons with in Peterborough, and, and he was one of my sentiment. Um, and I've gone with Tom Carlin as well, who, again, joined joined Peterborough, and I had a few good, really, really successful seasons with him. Um, Production-wise, especially myself and Tom, with uh, an import called Andre Lauko, who, who I mentioned too, um, I, had a couple of really productive seasons in Peterborough when one year in particular when Chris Allen was the coach. Uh, it's, it's when I look back on my career, it's a line that I, I thoroughly enjoy playing on and, and playing with. Uh, and as I mentioned before, and Griffiths was a sentiment of mine um, for a couple of seasons. All, back in the old, you know, the last kind of season of the EPL before it disbanded um, and the year after too. And, uh, you know, he's gone on to great, greater things in the Elite League, but... Thoroughly enjoyed my, my time playing with Griffin. Again, such a nice, honest guy that uh, you know you'd, you'd pick him in your team to, to go to battle with you. Um, and then the next four that I've got, um, the last four forwards, really for honourable mentions are, um, you know, perhaps from a slightly older time, but um, learnt a lot from these players and, and, and are top quality players too. So I'm going to go with Jeff Glower and Maris Zidins, who Maris is a retired number in Peterborough and is a legend of Peterborough hockey. And you know, if Jeff would stay for a couple of more seasons, may well have gone to as gone on to be as well um, very different players very different characters but very very nice guys very hard working 
Um, I had the pleasure of playing on the power play lines with them and being very successful. Um, and that was back in the time when Luke was, was much younger too and played on the line with both of these players. Um, and I, I just felt that they deserved to be mentioned there as well. Although, you know, you're looking back quite a few years now. And the last two that I'm going to mention are um, when I first came through in Peterborough Hockey and joined the senior team, I was fortunate enough to be a right winger with these two players and spent you know a good 12 to 18 months playing with them. Um, learning, developing, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, and that was Sean Yardley and Lewis Buckman. Lewis, uh, you know, another legend of Peterborough hockey, he's got his shirt retired and um, was, a, was a captain at the time as well, who, when I was growing up, always, you know, was one of those players with David Clark and players like that who you looked up to and wanted to, to be and wanted to emulate their careers. And, you know, Yards is, is a funny guy and uh, a really good teammate I've had, you know, to, uh, just kind of the sort of player that, you know, when you when you're very young, you, you kind of you're sometimes scared of, of speaking to other players or older players, and sometimes you know you're learning all the time. But he's the sort of player that just would just you know put your arms around you basically and just be your friend and be there to talk to and just help you put at ease every time you stepped onto the ice. And I owe a lot to those two players as well. Um, so any of those forwards, I could have you know spotted into a dream team, and I've picked my dream team for the the reasons I mentioned. Um, but a lot of honourable mentions there that deserve deserve to be there too. Absolutely, and a lot of names I'm sure that the Phantoms fans will enjoy hearing again, um, certainly coming from your good yeah, self, James. I hope so. Well, that's your, your task done. Thank you for achieving that. So what's retirement looking like for you now as you, as you look ahead to the months? Obviously, once we get the coronavirus pandemic out of the way and life can return to some semblance of normality. Yeah, so I've got a... I've got quite a uh, high up position now at the school that I work at. So I'm a, I'm a secondary school PE teacher. Um, and then just, just at the start of last season, was appointed as an assistant principal at the school. So that's, that the, the job is now going to take over. Um, I have to do a lot of work from home and I've got a lot of responsibilities at that school now. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting to my teeth into that a little bit more. Um, and that having three small children, um, five, three and five months old, um, the rest of my time is taken up looking after them. And, you know, part of the reason for stopping playing now is, is those guys and, and um, they're, they're of the sort of age now where they're going to have their own hobbies and I want them to, you know, have successful careers in whatever they choose to do. Um, similar to I have and, and thoroughly enjoyed my hockey career really. So I want to be, be able to give them the time that they need, um, at home and, and concentrate fully on my job and my family. Um, so once the coronavirus pandemic and, and things are back to normal, that's going to be me. Although I seem to be a lot, doing a lot of the same things um, just at home at the moment. Well, just before we go, we'll recap your team once more. Your netminder was Yanis Ozens. Your two D-men were Tom Norton and Scott Robson. And your forward three were Will Weldon, Alice Padalek and Glenn Billing. James Farrar, thank you so much for your Dream First Line. Thank you for joining us on the BIH Show. No problem. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. This is the BIH Show. Competition time. In association with Crosscheck Clothing. B-I-H. It's a special moment on the BIH show as we welcome our good friends Crosscheck Clothing for this part of the show as they're giving away a prize for us for the winner of our competition. That's right, you could earn yourself a £10 gift card if you answer the question correctly that I'm about to set to you. Now, if you're looking to buy some great hockey clothing, Crosscheck is the place to go, so check them out at crosscheckclothing.co.uk to find great quality stuff. It's also where you'll find the answer to our competition question. What we want to know is, where is Crosscheck Clothing's office and workshop based? That is, where is Crosscheck Clothing's office and workshop based? 
Send your answers to me, Craig Don Anderson, at BritishIceHockey.co.uk, no later than midnight on Sunday, the 17th of May, and we'll pick one at random and reveal the winner on next week's BIH show. Don't forget to leave your address and contact details as well so we can arrange to send the prize to you. And the question again, where is Crosscheck Clothing's office and workshop based? Good luck. This is the BIH Show. Well, as Porky Pig used to say, that's all, folks. We're at the end of episode two of the BIH Show. I want to thank Guillaume Doucette, Ben O'Connor and James Ferrara for coming on this week. And a huge thanks to our friends at Crosscheck Clothing for their support with the competition. Also, thanks to producer Stuart Priest, who's put this together. If you have any ideas about any possible features for the BIH show in the future, please get in touch with me either on Twitter at BIHCraig or on at BritIceHockey or by email craig.anderson at britishicehockey.co.uk. Keep your eye on British Ice Hockey for features, news and blogs as we keep you updated throughout the summer. The website britishicehockey.co.uk. Next week I can tell you we have another National League player revealing his dream first line and Robert Lakovic joins us as the first participant of our new quiz, Puckmaster. You don't want to miss that. In the meantime, stay safe, stay at home, wash your hands and maintain social distancing guidelines and only go out when you absolutely have to. Do that and we'll have hockey back. I'm Craig Anderson and we'll talk to you soon on the BIH Show. Bye for now. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.